For as long as I can remember, every office I have ever occupied has had a cork bulletin board dedicated to my personal use. On this board, I have posted quotes, poems, and prayers that have particular meaning to me. For instance, Teresa of Avila's prayer that begins, Christ has no body now but yours. Recently, I added my Crisio cross and name tag from Resurrection Crisio 286. A card with Fritz Eichenberg's wooden ink engraving titled, The Christ of the Breadline. I hope each of you received one tucked in your bulletin this morning. For me, this has become one of the most important images of prayer, especially since it is our tradition to gather around this Eucharistic table ourselves to be nourished and fed by the sacrament of Christ's body and blood. And I've been thinking lately how significant this piece of artwork is as well as we are a parish committed to the feeding of our neighbors as well with our food pantry here on site and with the generosity of people who continue to feed and care for our neighbors. This ink and wood um, piece of art by Fritz Eichenberg identifies that Christ is among the hungry. Christ is our neighbor standing on the margins, inviting those to come and be fed in body, mind, and spirit. And so I asked Erica, and, and I'm very grateful that she spent the time um, putting these cards together so that you may use this also as an icon an image for prayer. Also on this bulletin board is a card from Brother James Kester, who is a monk in the Society of St. John the Evangelist in Cambridge, Massachusetts, who wrote on a postcard the words, we found you, after moving here from Connecticut. It was good to be found. I remember how that felt. And lastly, there is also a card on it with this phrase, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Let me say that one more time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Well, to be absolutely honest, I do not remember where I found that quote or what drew me to it or why I placed it on a bulletin board. But it certainly holds particular meaning for me as Martha and I count down the next two weeks to our move date. Yes, the truth of this saying is particularly poignant to me in this very moment. This new beginning starts out with a drive of 1,722 miles from San Antonio, Texas to Wilmington, Delaware, and that indeed marks an ending. The end of days counting San Antonio as our primary home base. But know in your heart the truth. San Antonio will always feel like home to us. It felt like home from the very first days we moved here almost seven years ago. And that amazes me still. 
I have heard it said that every seven or so years, there is something of a seismic shift in life, in relationships, in self-understanding. The truth is I haven't kept track really ever, but these nearly seven years here have brought with them the joy of finding home, a real home among real and cherished friends who have become family to Martha and me. You, reconcilers who welcomed us with open arms into this extraordinary family of faith. You have blessed us with so much love along the way. And now we find ourselves with hearts overflowing with gratitude for all the gifts that you have showered so generously upon us. It feels pretty momentous to me that on the last Sunday after the Epiphany, today, we have these texts from Scripture before us. These texts each offer a powerful reassurance that God has chosen us, the divine accompanies us, and never abandons us. The divine one travels with us no matter where our journeys take us, and the divine invites us, indeed even commands us, to listen for the voice of Jesus. Will we listen? Do we really listen? Do we still ourselves long enough in our busy, over-agended lives to take time away from the distractions, the worries, the anxieties, even the joys of all that life delivers to us? Do we clear a space in our mind and in our hearts so that we are merely present to the one who loves us so boundlessly, so infinitely? Do we intentionally surrender and sacrifice whatever it is that occupies us, the news of the day or the outrageous things we hear? Our class this morning in adult formation was an extraordinary gift, one that brought some very compelling and challenging conversation about what holds us hostage, what claims our attention, and what we need to surrender and how timely it is that we find ourselves only three days away from Lent, where we may do some of this house cleaning so that we may become more present to the divine's calling on us. To listen deeply is to acknowledge the gifts that God desires to give us. It's like living with a white-knuckled grip on life. If that's how you live, then you are not in a position of receiving much of anything, are you? It's why that gesture of coming to the Eucharistic circle, this beautiful altar rail, invites us into a much more vulnerable place to receive the bread of life and the cup of salvation that Jesus desires to offer us and through which we are blessed so that we can become blessings for others. When we listen to the voice of Jesus, when we are attentive to the presence of the divine in our lives, then I think we are able to feel the love that enfolds us, heals us, 
and reassures us that indeed we are never alone, never abandoned in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. It's the gift of community, isn't it? Sometimes I know for me it is a struggle when I am feeling more um, uneasy or distracted or whatever particular emotion like that I'm feeling, I don't want to show up in community necessarily because it looks, I look, or at least I think I look, a little messy, a little too messy to be in community. But the truth of the matter is that the messiness of my life demands that I re-enter community over and over and over again. Because I find healing, I find love, I find a capacity to be with others who deliver to me the message that messiness in life is acceptable. It's even acceptable to God. For God loves us in whatever place or time or circumstance we find ourselves in. It must not be lost on us that just following this magnificent transfiguration in the gospel we have before us this morning, that the disciples fall to the ground, they dive to the ground in terror, overcome by fear because of all that has just happened. Jesus, in dazzling white and radiant, and the divine's voice simply like that experience of John's baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, saying once again to the disciples and to us, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. But Jesus, that, that experience for Jesus must have been earth-shaking too. Jesus knew he was on his way to Jerusalem, and he knew for sure what was awaiting him when he arrived there. I suspect that the human Jesus is uh, the one who invited his friends to be with him, climbing up that mountain, because he too, in his own human messiness, needed community. It's a wonderful witness to why we gather here around this table in community loving one another. But Jesus doesn't end the story with the magnificence and the radiance. What Jesus does next is what I find truly compelling in this gospel at this day, on this, at this time. Even after experiencing God's voice, pronouncing how beloved Jesus was, the radiance and the light, Jesus notices, Jesus takes note of his friends who are on the ground terrified. And what does he do? Jesus goes over, and you may have missed it. I think I've missed this part of this gospel for many, many years. But somehow or other, it really claimed my attention this week. Maybe because I, too, can relate to the anxiety and the fear of those disciples who find themselves on the ground. But Jesus bends over 
And you hear in the gospel this morning, Jesus touches them. And then he speaks these words. Get up and do not be afraid. I imagine those words for Jesus were also words that Jesus needed to claim for himself. That in coming down that mountain, the next part of his journey was unfolding. And he was reminded on that Mount of Transfiguration by God that he was beloved and that he would not be alone as he made his own journey. And these words of reassurance and hope and promise are meant for us in our own day and time, just as much as they were meant for those three disciples. Can't you just imagine the scene shifting from that intense light and radiance on the transfigured Jesus? Wouldn't you, like Peter, want to stay on the top of that mountain and just be in the light? But Jesus doesn't stay there. Neither do we. We, like those disciples and like Jesus himself, are called from those places of real transfiguration and change to the journey and to the blessing of making the journey forward in the presence of God. To be a blessing for others we meet along the way. I think it's a timely gospel this last Sunday in the season of Epiphany to be reminded that even though there are those times when we can go up the mountain and we feel the very presence of God and are reassured about our worthiness to be loved by God, we too come down from those moments, maybe more frightened and a little more vulnerable than we would like to be. But we see in the witness of Jesus himself that he bends down, he touches those disciples and bids them get up and do not be afraid. Those are your words spoken to you in your heart today. No matter where you are, what circumstances you find yourself on your life's journey, do not be afraid for you are loved infinitely more than you can ask for or imagine possible. Feel the compassion that Jesus has on those disciples and know that that is the compassion with which he looks upon you. This is an invitation extended to you on this Sunday as we stand on the threshold of Lent, only three days away. Know your belovedness. Take that into the season of Lent. Listen for the voice of Jesus and feel his love enfolding you no matter where your journey is taking you. What a gift we are given on this day to be fed around this sacred table, to be nurtured and fed so that we too can be a blessing for those who are hungry and without love when we leave this place. For that is why this sacrament exists so that we can be a sacramental gift to those we meet along the way, whether we know a stranger or a friend it, or not. 
We are being given, blessed and broken, and given to the life of this world to be a blessing like the blessing we receive. So as Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of the season of Lent, I invite you to listen to the gentle voice of Jesus. Make time in your very busy life simply to be present so that you too can feel the love, the desire for healing, the holiness with which Jesus calls your name. Get up. Do not be afraid. I encourage you to feel his loving touch as he bends down to draw you ever closer to himself. Amen.